0: Sure.
1: Think about that right now, for sure.
0: Take your spots. So we've been working really hard on this number. Uh, it has a lot of moving parts, so I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to keep it all together for the whole performance. But I mean, they've worked really hard. I'm super proud of them. Um, and it's called "O Come, Little Children," and it's a partner song. Uh, so the second time we sing it through, hopefully you'll be able to pick out the fact that they're singing two different parts which for children this age is, um, is a bit of a feat. And they've, again, they've done a great job with it. So come little children.
1: Time people had an opportunity to gather in a new name. They came to gather in the name of this one who came as Christ the Lord, Messiah. And so we read that with the coming of the Messiah, the fulfillment and the hopes of Israel were accomplished. And what they had been expecting for so long was finally here. And when it came, of course it wasn't just a baby, it came with the promise of the forgiveness of sins, the opportunity for all of us to be united together in Him. And so there was community created, community that we experience on a a Sunday by Sunday basis at the very least, but really all week long we experience the kind of community that Christ brought into this world when he comes as a baby. And it's an interesting thing, that at the manger, all kinds of people and even creatures gathered together to celebrate that. And so you find shepherds who were certainly not at the peak of society. You find a woman who is having a baby, that no one really had expected them to have a baby at this point. That was a shock. You find a husband who is not knowing what to think of all this Even after a visit from the angel, I think there was some question on his mind. You have wise men who eventually come and visit this child. Those who are, as opposed to the shepherds, at the very peak of society. And so there is community that comes together because Jesus has come into the world. And today, at this point, we celebrate community. And so there is community, again, taking place because of this one who comes into the world. And again, it comes not just as a baby, but one who eventually finds himself on a cross, finds himself crucified in order that you and I could live. And so, as communion, as a community today, we celebrate that together. Would you bow to me, please? Holy Father, we pray that you would bless us today as we take this feast. We pray that the experience that we would have would be rich and deep, and one where we're united together with you. We thank you and praise you today that Jesus gave us both himself and his feast to share together in community, in communion, drawn together. Bless us now as we take it. Through Christ that we pray. Amen.
0: Would you pray with me again, please?
1: Holy Father, I don't think that in the very beginning Mary was contemplating watching her son die on the cross. And the day of incarnation would have been so much different than the day of crucifixion. Oh, we are thankful that the one event did indeed lead to the other, and that through the blood of Jesus, the shed of our blood, we find ourselves united with you and forgive of our sins and offer eternal life with you. And today we praise and thank you for both events. Praise you for Jesus. Let's remember that we pray.
0: We're always uh,
1: grateful this time of year for all the blessings we have, and so I hope that you, at a time when we're giving uh, to others, can with a cheerful and joy-filled heart, give to the Lord's work as well. Let's pray. Lord, you have blessed us so richly, and we are grateful. We're so thankful, God, for the ways in which you bless us materially. you take care of us, you give us the things that we need. And and we're probably no more aware of that than at any time during in the year than now. And Father, we just pray that you help us to always be filled with generosity, filled with devotion to you, that allows us to give back to you what we should. Bless our offering. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen.
0: So- to the- NERBRA PREPARES
1: Life had been difficult for Helen McCutcheon the last few years. Now in her early 80s, she had lived long enough that although most of life had been filled with happiness and incredible joy, things eventually happened that sapped her of much of her previous delight with life, and she was now not as bubbly and joyful as she had always been. And the upcoming Christmas season was certainly not destined to be a very kind holiday to Helen She had suffered many losses. She lost her beloved husband six years before, which was very hard. But this this year, she seemed to have lost it all. After her dear husband passed away, she had moved in with her daughter, Becky, and her young granddaughter, Jennifer. And they had saved her from the loneliness that she would surely have experienced without their love. The three grew closer every day. And each new day, life brought them more for which to be grateful and appreciative. They knew that they were blessed, and they always remembered their blessings in prayer. Jennifer was only two years old when Helen first came to live with them. Cute as a button, rambunctious, outgoing, and always joyful and singing, she was just like her grandmother. She made a house a home. And Becky and Helen used to kid how it took the two of them to even halfway keep up with this whirlwind that they had nicknamed Sunshine. Jennifer was a curious child, curious as a cat, and filled the day with endless questions, some deep, some comical, and each one needing answers. Her grandmother was always careful never to carelessly brush her questions aside or to grow impatient. One of the things Jennifer loved about her grandmother was being with her in Sunday school where Helen helped as an aide to the teacher, having the special responsibility of leading the kids each Sunday in a discussion about all the things for which they should be thankful to God. Sometimes, Jennifer simply said that she was thankful for her grandmother. But what she really meant was that she was thankful for her grandmother's thankfulness and joy. She was growing to be a bright young girl, and everyone predicted a bright and sunny future for this special one. One night, driving home from the store, Becky and Jennifer were hit head-on by a drunk driver. It was a mistake, a horrid mistake. If it weren't for a flat tire that had held them up, they would have been home long before the intoxicated man drove down their street and into their lane. Their shiny future ended that night. Their dreams and plans and goals scattered among the broken glass and the shredded steel. They were gone forever. And Helen, who was always filled with joy, found herself alone and crushed. The sorrow and grief that lived in Helen's heart was like death. The agony of losing those closest to her, the loneliness of being all by herself in a house as quiet as a tomb, and the emptiness of having nothing more to live for were more than she could bear. Helen had belonged to the same church for almost all her adult life. She loved her church family, and they loved her. She was always there for them. She had always been at the center of what was going on, and in recent years, because of Jennifer... She had given special attention to the children's ministry, and she really loved the kids. Every Sunday, she continued to go faithfully to her church, to pray to God, and she was always polite and helpful. But recently, with all that had happened, her sadness had overtaken her. She was, oh, so sad, and she found it difficult to be involved. She found it difficult to be around the kids, And she often found excuses for why she couldn't be in class on any particular Sunday. In fact, those in the church could actually see a physical change taking place. Not just in her spirit, but her whole appearance had become withered, deflated, crumbled. She seemed hardly able to put one foot in front of the other. and Her joyous laughter, which was always so present, was seldom heard. Her excitement and zest for life was simply no longer a part of who she was. She seemed to just be waiting for her turn to go and be with her loved ones. Helen's church family felt her sadness and her loneliness. She had always been such a pillar of strength, a friend in need, a smiling face, someone who could be counted on when the rest of the world had checked out. She was always there in every way for everyone, especially for the kids, until the accident. And now she wasn't there at all. And nobody seemed to know how to comfort her. Everyone saw it. And everyone knew. From the oldest members to the children. They all saw the change. They all saw the grief. They all saw the pain. As she moved into the holiday season, it was proving to be even harder than Helen imagined it would be. And lonelier. She still went about living. She kept up appearances. She prayed. She was still kind to everyone that she met. But she felt like she was melting, dissolving, dying slowly inside. And she wondered if she would even see Christmas this year or go to spend it with those that went before her, the ones she loved. Then, two Sundays before Christmas, the Sunday school teacher came to her with a special request. Would she be kind enough to help with the trimming of the tree that stood in the middle of the children's classroom? Helen thought it strange that the classroom had its own tree, but the teacher explained that it was a part of a special gift-giving theme that the class was going to celebrate during this time of thankfulness. Each child had handmade a special ornament that they were going to place on the tree, and they needed some assistance and adult supervision. Helen tried to gracefully decline, but the teacher smiled and said that the children had requ- requested that she come to the class to assist them. Helen followed the teacher to the classroom. The sight of the young children was bittersweet. The laughter and playfulness were refreshing, but they also held memories of Jennifer. It had been only five months since the accident. For the first time in months, though, there in the presence of the Sunday school class, there was a bit of her old glimmer. And the children's laughter warmed her. She was happy that the teacher and that the children had invited her to come and join them. She felt more alive in just a few moments than she had in months. Well, they were all pitching in and decorating the tree with lights when the whole group of excited, almost giddy nine-year-olds suddenly turned to Helen and took her by the hand. And they led her to an ornate red velvet chair that the teacher pushed into the center of the room and they begged for her to sit down. Curious and a little apprehensive, Helen obeyed good heartedly. You could see a tiny smile at the corner of her mouth as she wondered what the kids were up to. A group of five girls and four boys sat in front of her chair, smiling up at her with bright eyes, trying not to prematurely babble the secret they were about to share with her. In the middle of the group sat a magnificent gold gift-wrapped box addressed to our grandma with love. Little Christine stood before Helen with tears in her nine-year-old eyes, but smiling from ear to ear. Christine was special to Helen for she had been Jennifer's best friend since they were old enough to have friends. She picked up the box from the floor and she placed it in Helen's lap. And as she did, all of a sudden, the whole class rose in unison and they began to sing a special song for an amazed and delighted Helen who seemed to be crying and laughing and praying all at the same time. With love in their voices and their notes sometimes off-key, they musically sang to her the reason that she was asked to be there. It was easy and yet touching to see that the children had themselves written the words and had written the song just for her. They wanted to tell her that they loved her. And what makes the story that much more significant is that of the nine children in the room, in each case, they either had no grandmother... Any longer, or they had never even known their grandmothers. These were grandmotherless children adopting as a group Jennifer's grandmother Helen for their very own. So this was a very special celebration and a union, a family adopting each other, bonding and growing and loving and sharing a very special Christmas. Then, One by one, they unpacked the special ornament that each one had made, and they proudly showed Helen their surprise gifts. Each ornament was addressed to my special grandma with love on our first Christmas together. Every ornament was unique, special, and splendid, and every one was a miracle of joy for a heart that had been so badly broken. So rather than Christmas 1998 being the end for her, for Helen it was a new beginning, a brand new start, with nine lively reasons to celebrate many more Christmases to come. The next two weeks, Helen became a human dynamo. She baked, she decorated, she sang, and she invited her nine special grandkids over and celebrated with them on the day before Christmas. Joy filled her heart and her home. I guess things don't always work out exactly as we think they will, and sometimes in a good way. The children saw in Helen her need, and in filling her need, they filled their own. What moved them to do so? Well, surely part of it was Helen each Sunday helping the kids to see all the things for which they should be thankful to God. As it turned out, one of the things they were most thankful for was what Jennifer had been thankful for. Their grandmother, Helen, and her thankfulness. And they were able to express their thankfulness, bringing healing and joy to a broken heart. God does that, you know. He brings healing to broken hearts, whether through grandmothers or grandchildren or adopted grandchildren or through the presence of just one special child, who came to a broken world full of broken hearts. May God bless us all this Christmas season with this special healing and joy. You know, we live in a world which, as we've been talking about lately a lot, it seems, is broken in so many ways. You know, it was just a few weeks ago that I... You know that I stood here on a Sunday morning and, and talked to you about what went on in San Bernardino and all of the, the hurt and the anger and the pain. And we experience on a daily basis the kinds of events in our world that people don't want to have to experience. Where is it and in the midst of this kind of world that we're going to find some kind of peace? Where is there going to be comfort? And where is there going to be a solution to the things that we experience? Like, can there really be a solution to the things that we experience in our world that cause us so much pain? And I would say that there is. I would say that this time of year, if it does nothing else, it should bring us this incredible sense that God has not left us alone, but that he entered into our world to be one of us. To experience the kind of things that we experience. And that entering in causes him to want to, to bless us with his peace and his joy. His healing that comes to those who are broken hearted. And so the story of that happening goes like this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, and listen to these words. Here's what the angel says. The angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. I love the fact that we're told to not be afraid. Because it seems to me like if anything's going on in our world right now with all the events that take place, the way that we hear news the way that we do, and we hear it right now, there, there's reason to be afraid. There are times When I think to myself, what is going on? And God, what are you going to do? What are you doing? And so I take incredible assurance this morning from the message where God says, don't be afraid. I instead bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And he goes on to say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when it says on whom his favor rests, it doesn't mean just on the one on whom his favor rests. It means for us all because his favor rests on humanity. And so he loves us. He cares for us. And at this special time of year, we celebrate this one who brings into our world the possibility of peace, the possibility of joy. Now, It's very possible, in fact, I know it's the case, that there is at least someone here this morning for whom this time of year is going to be difficult. You know, it happens every year that that people find this time of year hard they find themselves alone or they find themselves looking back and saying, I wish things had gone differently. And what I want to say to you this morning is that things can go differently and that we don't have to stay where we are in terms of not feeling like things have gone well because God is capable of bringing into anyone's life the kind of comfort and peace that only he can bring. And he does that specifically in the person of Jesus Christ. And so why does the world stop for a few days and celebrate Jesus? It's because of these things that he brings to us. It's because he blesses us like he does. And I just pray that at this time of year that you indeed experience all of his blessings of peace and comfort. I pray that you're not afraid and that instead you give glory and honor to God in the highest. Let's pray. Lord, there are people here today who need your special blessings of peace and comfort. There are people here today who need to feel as though there is reason to hope. And so today we let ourselves rest in you. It's it's strange that we would let ourselves rest in the hands of a child but, it, but, of course, so much more than just a baby, than just a child. We put ourselves in your hands, God. And as we do, we know that you're blessing us with your, your peace and your comfort and your presence and your fullness. And so help us to recognize that. Help us to, to like the angels, give glory and praise and honor to you for what it is that you have done in your Son Jesus, bless us this time of year, God, that our hearts might be yours. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep.
0: we Just- Just-